All right, on that note, we are back. Welcome to the Wild Times Podcast, episode number 51. 51. Podding it up with two of my best friends, having a good time, drinking a little too much. This has been social hour throughout the pandemic. We started this right yeah. as the pandemic was starting. And of, of the 51 weeks that we've been doing this, I think I've maybe been out twice total with friends. <laughs> So this right. is social hour for me now. So if you're if you're listening to this for the first time, welcome. You're 51 weeks late. You are effectively listening to my social hour along with two of my buddies, Patrick DeLuca, aka yes. the producer. How are you, Pat? I'm great, man. This is this is fun. This is exciting. This is cocktail hour. What a it great is. way to kick off the week. Yeah. Cheers to that. And of course, Everybody. the ever grumpy, the ranty, the the aggressive unnecessarily yes. so the uh the Me. professor phd podcaster mr retap what's up retap cheers mates i don't know how i feel about that but i got this shirt on yeah oh, baby i am feeling good my it spirit animal yeah it that's does. right i've gotten fat so it's tight or it shrunk i don't know <laughs> the dog bit a hole in it here because he's a dick uh <laughs> but yeah happy to be here not grumpy in a great mood it's friday yeah. Have cheers. you ever noticed how, so when I, I get grumpy, like very much so, Patrick's seen it a number of times, and the only you, thing that- literally make you make the face that grumpy cat makes. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <It's laughs> and then everyone goes, Forrest is grumpy. <laughs> the only thing that can make me more grumpy is when someone asks me why I'm grumpy. Like, that's it. Like, keep, if you're grumpy yeah. and someone is like, hey man, lighten up, you're too grumpy, or why are you so grumpy? It's like- I will rip your fucking head off. Like, do yeah. not call me grumpy when I'm grumpy. <laughs> Got a case of the Mondays for us. Yeah, oh, so well, bad. you know, what's funny about that is because when we're traveling, it's just guaranteed multiple people are going to get uh, some sort of stomach bug. Because we're just eating, you know, like bush meat and stuff like that. And who, you know, when you're, you know, when you're really, really sick to the stomach and you're nauseous and you just, you don't want to talk to anyone. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Forrest always comes up to you and goes, Oh, you got a little grumpy, got a little grumpy tummy. Grumpy tum tum. Grumpy tum tum. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> like as you're, you're shitting right yourself and puking at the same time and he's like rubbing your back going, oh, you got a little grumpy tum tum. <laughs> yeah. I can see why Mitch hates you, Forrest. It's because it's like the most <laughs> irritating thing you could ever do to a friend. So you have to do it. Um, oh, God. Uh, Can't well, wait to go on adventures with you too. Yes. When's that good. happening? Soon. Soon enough, it's maybe. Got, got some big announcements coming up. Yeah. Good. Oh God, that. I hope it's not like when you announce the daily videos without consulting me uh, live on air. <laughs> I hope it is like that. It's exactly <laughs> you son like of that. a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. Well, if you're joining us for the first time, this is the Wild Times Podcast, a podcast where we hang out, talk about wildlife and news and what's going on. And one of the things in our podcast that is so much fun is we have an extremely cultish community of what we like to call brosners. They're bros that listen to the podcast. They We have female bros, in case you were wondering. Um, broettes. Broettes. They're, they're some of the craziest, without any doubt. Um, but something came across my beautiful ivory desk this week. Um, <laughs> ivory in color, of course, not in, uh, in con. <laughs> In, um, material. Um, <laughs> kind of fumbled my own joke there. Um, and uh, this is from a Brosner, and I couldn't believe that he took the time to do this. So I'm trying to pull up which Brosner it is right now. But basically, 
Way to be prepared. Sorry. Here Sorry. we go. Mike Dead Irish. Air. Apologies. Right. Mike, Mike Irish. Irish pulled up. He created a potentially game-changing thing for us here at the Wild Times. Will, would you please pull up the picture of Mike Irish's new Wild Times logo? Mm, let's hope he let's can. See. Let's see. hope he can. Wild Times Willie. We'll talk wow. in the interim. Is it here? Wow. There it is. So there, there it is. It's super graphic. I am obviously the monkey. I always thought Patrick was the monkey because I have a spear gun. You're now, the hippo, but, mate. Oh. Mate, you're the hippo. And you're, what? The you're steering I, the I, moped. I, I also thought I was the monkey, but I guess Mike Irish thought you were the monkey and you're holding your uh, fishing spear gun. Or maybe you are. I don't know. So here's here's why. If you're listening along on iTunes, we do this live on YouTube. Um, so here's what I'm thinking, guys. What's your knee-jerk reaction to Mike's logo here? So it's tough for me because my brother made, made the original logo, uh, hand drew it as a favor. Uh, so I have uh, obviously an attachment to the original, but this is super cool. And what I here's what I'm thinking too. Because we have the, the merch, I think our best-selling T-shirt is just the Wild Times logo shirt. Yeah. If we were to switch logos, that's going to become vintage. Oof. Vintage. You know I mean? Skyrocket yeah. so, and, price. And they'll have to buy a new one with a new logo. <laughs> so it's a double whammy. Ritev, what's yeah. your I, my new thoughts, reaction to the new logo, the potential new logo from, from a I, when I When I saw the logo, it struck me right away, and I was like, oh, I love it. Uh, it's super colorful. It's It's got – and then you look at it, and it's got all these elements. There's the hat on the T – of the the, and, and there's just the, the microphone, the podcast, and we've upgraded from a bicycle to a moped. Um, yeah, that's true. We, we are getting that. more wealthy, clearly. The way, yeah. Exponentially. We've made dozens of dollars. Um, Nearly. So, <laughs> um, and, then, and then I was thinking about it, and, you know, and, it, and the pandemic's kind of... Uh, toning down a bit and we're, we're, we're vaccinated and we're looking at getting together and, and moving forward and doing this whole thing that we talked about doing at the beginning. And the logo to me kind of would represent like the wild times, the next phase. The next and, that, and that's kind of just year what two. struck me. That's it's cool. like year yeah. two, right? We're coming that's up on cool. the beginning of year two. Anyway, so why don't you vote? Uh, yeah. Either put it in the comments of the iTunes or if you're watching on YouTube in the comments, should we stick with the original logo, or do you like logo version two? Let us know. And we Ritep, will literally gonna, do what you it, say. Ritep's going to yep. throw a side-by-side on Instagram and in the Discord for people to vote. Right, Ritep? Yeah. yeah, I will, well, for sure. <laughs> Enough in, in about two months. I got to get to something <laughs> that is in the world that we dabble in here, zoology. Okay. Very good. And I thought Recep would absolutely go fucking bonkers for this. Mm. But I do want to get the broologist take on it as well. So Dominic Haynes hit me up on uh, Instagram. He always sends some cool stories. And 59 years ago today, something mysterious in the world of wildlife happened. Okay? Okay. So Recep, you're going to love this. Okay. So... It was in uh, March of 1962, two miles off the coast of Pensacola, Florida. Okay. All right. So we're kind of down. Where is that? Is that on the Gulf side or is that on the Atlantic side? I think that's in the Panhandle, I think. Okay. So it's the Gulf side. So five boys, they went out to dive a wreck of the USS Massachusetts, um, which was a Navy ship that had been scuttled. And so they went out to, uh, five teenagers went out to do a little dive. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. Um, the weather got bad, and they kind of got stuck out there two miles off the coast. Um, uh, so they were just kind of chilling, waiting for the weather to pass. The weather started to get better, and they started to cruise in. One boy, one of the teenagers, returns back. The other four are not back. Ooh. They died, Ooh. sadly. Okay. But So sorry, just to understand, this is cruising back to the boat from the scuba dive. No, no, they, they got back on the boat, and weather okay. was shit. And, and so then they were they're heading they home. Got yeah, it. weather Got clears it. up, they start okay. heading back in. One boy, uh, whose name was Edward Brian McCleary, was the only survivor. And he says that on the way back in, their small boat was attacked by a very large sea serpent. No which way. Which caused the other, four, the other four to go overboard. No way. What? what? Think How old were they again? Teenagers, like seven, I think, uh, I, I honestly don't know. But, but old enough to be out operating a boat and diving by themselves, so not young mm-hmm. children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They knew how to scuba dive. Right. You know, theoretically, right. they were certified if that existed back then. Right. So and, on the go, yeah. And go the, guy, the, the guy stuck to the story his entire life, swears that it happened. It was not that they drowned while scuba diving. You know, you know could be that. that. Could be that he was Perfect. covering up something bad that happened, but... Let's just say, not, not crypto, but what could have maybe happened to a very small boat out in that part of the world? Man, um, well, Ratep, you want to go first and then we can play the biologist card or what do you think? Sure. I mean, you know, uh, first thought is the weather was bad and uh, it's that thing that we've discussed several times uh, on the podcast where people... You know, that's a very, I mean, how traumatic is that, that incident? I mean, I, I, where you psychologically kind of possibly just create this scenario where it's a much, much more terrifying and dangerous thing. And really it was some kind of uh, logical animal that flipped the boat over that you couldn't see because the weather was shitty. And then, I mean, I, I'd like to hear more about the story. Like, does he did the thing like eat his friends or like what? They just no, knocked them over and knocked, they died knocked, in the water. Yeah, knocked, knocked them overboard. Yeah, I mean it's lame, and this is a lame forest-like answer. But yeah, I, I think it was just a case of mistaken animal identity. Why is that a lame so let's, forest? Like, so let's throw it to the broologist. What animal could this be, forest? Well. So the Gulf is incredible. It's rich in marine resources. It's super diverse. Some of the most sharks I've ever seen are out there. And they get some really shitty weather. I mean, they were diving a wreck for a reason, right? You look at the Gulf, you look at the shape of it, and you're like, oh, that's protected waters. Now, what they don't get a lot of is marine mammals, right? So the first, the first thing you're thinking is, oh, it's a whale, right? It's a long right. whale. You hit the back, boat, boat, nug, boat gets knocked around, whatever. But they really don't get a lot of marine mammals over there. So that leaves, you know, that leaves a few options. That leaves sharks. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something else. Crocodile or alligators. Well, what was that one that just that one that just they just found there? Uh, the invasive species, that giant ugly Burmese fish python. that we were. Oh no, that no, no, no that's a freshwater that, fish, arapaima. That's a freshwater oh, I see. fish. Um, right, right. So we definitely couldn't be that. Now, I'll give you a weird hypothesis, and I think that a lot, I mean, we've never really discussed this, but I think a lot of sea serpents, legends, come from this animal. Will, could you do me a favor and pull up a picture of an oarfish, O-A-R fish? Oh, there yeah. Is this, They're badass. Yes. Yeah, they're the incredible elongated silver fish 
that live in the deep sea, I think in the mesopelagic zone or epipelagic zone, which is like the deep, deep open ocean. And they're pretty worldwide. I don't know exactly if they, you know, have been documented in the Gulf or not. But what's interesting, I can tell you they have because they they, you get them closer to land in Key West. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. And they're Um, huge. One washed up in Catalina one time while I was living in California. I remember that. Um, But they're just these. Yeah, there you go. There's one incredibly beautiful, crazy looking fish. And they Um, live in the deep sea. But when they get sick, scientists have documented that they come up to the surface. That's basically like they're like I'm. I'm messed up in the brain. I'm going to swim up. Like I'm sick. I'm ill. I'm going to go up. So mm. now these things get like 20 feet long. Um, bigger. Perhaps. A bit bigger yeah, it even says. Yeah. How, what does it say? How long do they get? So it says, it says, uh, you know, eight to 26 feet with unconfirmed reports of 36 to 56 foot specimens and up to 600 pounds. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's a 26 foot long thing that looks like that. Now I, I've I've often I've long time believed that this is a sea serpent in many olden day times. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. There's a storm, this animal's sick, it's near the surface, boat strikes it, totally knocks some guys overboard. You look over, you see this big silver, you know, slithering thing. It's got the crazy red comb going on, and you're like, that's a sea serpent. It's eating my friends, or I kind of turn the boat around or whatever. Guys probably drifted off and died, you know, bummer for them. But I could totally believe, I forget the kid's name, being like, I saw a sea serpent. Fuck yeah, look at that thing. You see one of those up at the surface, and it's 30 or 40 feet long? It's, it is actually a sea serpent. Well, and there is no definition of sea serpent. No, like totally. There is no definition. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's a picture of one that was found, I believe, at Catalina. But it'll, if you Google, like, um, Orfish, California, it'll pop up for sure. And you'll see people holding it. Um, and it's it's just so that you understand the size of this. There you go, right there. Holy crap. Now, tell, now if you're in yeah. a small boat, like my first boat was a 15-foot whaler, right? A 15-foot little yeah. open bow boat. If I yeah. hit that thing with my boat, even me as a biologist, even if a 15-year-old who was a nerd on animals and we knew what these things were would look over and see that, I'd go see serpent. I'd go see monster. You yeah. know, like you're that is yeah. without a doubt your knee-jerk reaction. Now, I'll tell you another tidbit that I have. This is anecdotal experience um, or anecdotal observation. But when there are big storms on the sea, things get weird. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, I've spent a lot of time in the California Channel coming between the Channel Islands and Santa Barbara. When I was actually Jordan Mayshock told this story on the pod. um, But when we were coming back one time, super gnarly storm, our buddy Tommy um, you know, he was like laughing and, and Jordan and I were basically cuddling cause we were so terrified. And <laughs> he told the story how the boat was going, you know, this way. And what we spotted were two massive great white sharks coming this way. And we were going so slowly. One of the two sharks turned around and started following the boat. Now I've lived in Santa Barbara a very long time. I've done that channel thousands of times now, probably the only time I've ever seen a full grown great white shark was during this crazy storm, and it turned around and actually followed the boat for a while. And, you know, we were like, we're going to lose it. Like, the boat's going to go over. Like, we were terrified. Like, we legit thought the boat was going to go down. And we had, a you know, a 15-foot white shark behind us. And that the only time I've ever seen anything like that was during a big storm. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it has something to do with them being able to sense that 
anything floating on the surface, if it's alive, yeah, that's probably probably might be in a vulnerable state or something Dude, like that's, that. that's the smartest thing you've said in 51 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's not actually an insult. I just, that's a great no, theory. It's, it's a compliment. I, I also, I, I feel like... There's like probably a line in Pirates, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where I'm sure some crusty pirates says something like, you know, like when the ocean is angry, things come from the bottom. <laughs> that's good, Dude, that's yeah. brilliant that's writing. A good voice. Um, you could definitely write for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 36. <laughs> um, uh, so what, what else, what, what's your favorite sort of in the news, what's in the news thing that came up this week for us? What do, what do you... Oh, like? I had one that trumps all others. So, I mean, okay. speaking of sea creatures and weird sea creatures, my favorite dinosaurs are those that come out of the sea, right? And we always seem to discover more and more of them. And this week, a winged eagle shark was discovered. <laughs> yeah, and look at this thing. I mean, it's just the, the, the graphic rendition of what it is, is. It's just the coolest thing ever. It's a, it's a sting. It's like a manta ray shark hybrid. Um, it's got these huge wings. Scientists estimate that it used to roam the sea millions of years ago. Um, you know, using these weird fossilized wings, or they're not fossilized then, using these weird wings that they found in fossils um, that they, you know, I don't know. They just look super cool. I mean, I don't know what to say about it. It's like a, if a whale shark had wings and probably ate stuff that wasn't just plankton. Will, can we get a look at this thing? I got to see what he's talking about, even though you described it. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, shit. Wait, so how big is this thing? Huge? Uh, yeah, I think they said in the in the report um, the wingspan was basically six and a half feet and the body length was six feet. So it wasn't massive, but still, <laughs> when you compare this to like modern day rays or sharks, it's just mm -hmm. extremely different from anything we have. You know, shark. So you might not know this, Ritep, but rays and sharks are the same thing. They're both cartilaginous fishes. They evolved from the same evolutionary stem, but yet. You know, look at sharks and look at rays. They there are a few like sawfish and things that are like guitar sharks that are kind of like hybrids. But this thing is like a whole different level of hybrid. You know, like look, that face is like something of a whale shark's. The wings are like even more bizarre than any existing ray. The body is like that of a whale shark. I don't know. It's just super cool. Yeah, it, it looks. I mean, it's got the upper half. Well, I mean, the, the wingspan on it is super. I've never seen any animals that look like it, and I've been looking at a lot of animals lately. So I could study up and not look like a <laughs> schmuck on this podcast. And I've not seen something like this. It looks like it's doing a graceful swan dive as well at all times. And I like that. <laughs> yeah. So that was my favorite thing in the news. It's, you know, a cool dinosaur discovery. Nothing too exciting. What about you, Papa P? Anything come across your desk that you liked? Yeah. Got, so, you got, oh, yeah. Do you want to go ahead, Ritep? Dude, yes, because... I'm the I'm I'm the I'm bringing the comedy relief here and this is fucking funny and and I think everybody in the world has seen this bear that hops into this jacuzzi. Okay. I have seen it. Oh my god, will <laughs> play this video from about 37 seconds in. It's in the show doc. There's a bear, a, a black bear and it looks like it's shot for a movie. This thing just watch this. You guys see this? All right, so someone's filming, looks like, out their back window. Yep. Oh, yeah. Audio. Okay, so they've got an above-ground hot tub. Yep. Bear comes over the railing. <laughs> Fully-grown black, black bear. Literally just walks up doesn't the steps. care. <laughs> Chilling. Walks up the steps. 
Maybe he's a little. Maybe I'll have a drink out there. <laughs> the beautiful, picturesque mountains. The sun is setting. <laughs> where Where is this? What part of the country? Ah, uh, shit. Let me take a. Oh, it's in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Hmm. I, yeah. I, so I have to assume the bear gets into the. T- yeah, the bear's there going. He goes. He literally go. steps into the hot tub like a human That's toddler. Hilarious. Oh, and he's down on his butt. Look at that. The hot tub is hot too, so it's like steaming. It's, steaming. it's not like he's taking a dip in a pool here. And he sits in it. He just sits and relaxes like any fucking warm blooded animal. He's fully sitting in the same posture that a human would sit in a hot tub, enjoying so the shit out of himself. That's great. Or I love this. It's, That's so cute. It's so fucking great. He goes out. The guy goes out to get a closer look. So he's no longer got a barrier, no pun intended, between him and the bear. A barrier. Um, That's a risky move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. so anyways, I saw this and I was like, is this? So what's up with this? I mean, is he doing this for the same reason that human yeah. beings would do this uh, for us? Absolutely. He's cold and it it's feels nice great. And warm and comfortable, man. Why wouldn't you? I well, mean, I don't know because listen, he's yeah, got little, fur. I got long hair. I don't always like to get it wet. It's a pain. I was going to say the thing that this bear doesn't know is the feeling of getting out of a hot tub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. you're just like the I'm going to do the bare minimum dry off to run back in the house because it yep. feels like knives hitting my body. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, have it's and in Tennessee, this it looks in the Smoky Mountains. I mean, it's just picturesque the whole thing and. Like, to be there and just watch this happen, I mean, I'm assuming, I've seen a lot of videos of black bears where they will just, like, come up to a campsite. They don't give a shit if people are standing around and basically just steal food. Oh, yeah. And be like, fuck you, I'm taking it, and, like, go stand yeah. over there. Dude, it's like a, it's like the bully in sixth grade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but they're, like, if they're aggressive. bigger and tougher than you and they want your Cheez-Its, they just are going to take them because right. why wouldn't they? Right. <laughs> it is. It, it's pretty funny, too. They're, they're, it, it seems like I would like to hang out with this bear over any other bear. <laughs> Just a brown, it. a black bear. I think it's so funny. I love the way he comes and sits in the hot tub. He's, it, if you're asking me why, I'm not trying to anthropomorphize it, but there's no doubt he's just doing it for enjoyment. He's like, this is warm, it's comfortable, it's nice, it's cold out here, this looks delightful. And good for him. <laughs> good for that bear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so dude, I, they do a lot of the same stuff humans do, right? So it's like, you know, I didn't really realize until I started working in, like, this, that line of television that, like, if you're in a, a even a really remote place, if there's trails that are designed for humans, the animals are going to take the trails. Oh yeah, because they're just easier to walk through. The same reason really? humans like walking over the trails. For sure. That's yeah, they do a lot of the same stuff. All right, so we'll pull this one up. I, I thought this was really cool. So there's basically a, a, a real party town. It's an island, I believe, called Galveston, Texas. Yeah, I've um, been to Galveston. Yeah, it's like people go there to like I associate Galveston with just like people drinking a shitload of beer. It's pretty um, it's pretty lowbrow, but it's also a super fun place to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Galveston's in the Gulf too. Sounds right? like my Correct. place. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're in the Gulf of Mexico and there's like a, a a booze party going on. This is I think in the last few days. And people are just getting crunked on a boat <laughs> in the Gulf off the off the coast of Galveston. They come upon a pod of over a hundred orcas Whoa. chilling in the Gulf of Mexico. That's weird. Which, Killer whales? Yeah. yeah, buddy. I mean, to me, I associate, obviously, stupidly, I, I tend to just associate orcas with very cold waters, like Pacific Northwest, mm. Alaska, 
I didn't, you know, Antarctica, right? When we worked on whale wars, I mean, it was, there was orcas all over Antarctica. I didn't realize they hung out in like more temp, like warmer waters like this. Oh, straight up into tropical. I've seen them in Mexico a few times in like crystal clear, warm water. Um, but to see them in the Gulf is definitely unusual. I mean, that I mean, maybe it's not, I, I don't know, but I've certainly never heard of a, a big pot of orcas cruising through the Gulf. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier with the sea serpent thing. Like the, this, the Gulf of Mexico is just, crazy like there's so much bioabundance there and like the reason those shrimp fisheries and all those fishing fisheries have taken off there is there's just so much life in that gulf and it's doesn't surprise me that orcas would want to go there even though it's probably pretty rare so would you assume that this huge pod is you know you've talked before about how like there's there's pods that eat seals and then there's pods that eat fish right yeah yep this is probably a pod that eats fish. Got to be. Yeah, maybe a stingray, because um, a, a lot of orcas show preference for stingrays, and there are a lot of rays in the Gulf, so it could be a, could be a ray-eating pod. Uh, could be a fish-eating pod, but um, wow, yeah, they're playing, they're cruising. That water looks beautifully blue. Man, that's awesome. Now, what a cool sighting. Have, have you ever seen a pod that big? What's the biggest pod you've seen in, in person? Just last year when we were filming up in Alaska, um, I got into the biggest pot of orca I've ever seen. And when it started, there was like a group of six here and like a group of four or five there. But at the end of the night, around 1.30, it was still light out because it was summer in Alaska. They all came together and it was probably about 45, 50 of them. And that was mind blowing. So to see double that is absolutely insane. And those were eating salmon, right, at the river mouth? Salmon and herring, yeah, exactly. No, and that was that was a phenomenal encounter. I'm excited for when that show comes out and people can see it because it was beautiful. I mean, the setting, the place, there was nobody around. It was just us on this tiny little boat and all these orcas free jumping, and it was incredible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, uh, it wasn't 100 of them, that's for sure, and cruising with the boat like that, that's pretty wild. That's the one you posted uh, to your Instagram that one time, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I posted with, some with Instagram all... pics. Yeah, what, I don't think... When I does that show come out? Is, is there a date? Uh, it's supposed to be this Shark Week, which is June? July? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't I know. never know. Yeah. All right. Forrest, I should um, know, but I don't. Yeah. Forrest, uh, I, I got one that I want to talk about. Brosner sent in a, a video yeah. uh, about a story that happened in Zimbabwe. Where uh, you're familiar with Zimbabwe, yep. right? That's how we pronounce it. Very yeah, good. They have zebras and yeah, aliens from out of space. <laughs> okay. Um, so back in, uh, I think it was 1996. Oh, yeah. Uh, 96 so. alien story. How the, what? How do you know that that's what I was going to say? Is that the only thing that happened in 1996? No, there? it's the only thing you talk about. <laughs> that's how he knew. No, I know F- because oh. as soon as you said something that happened in 96, yes, that is the only notable thing that happened in our country in 96. It is also a world famous story. And I was pretty young, but I loosely remember it. But I actually, one of the reasons I jumped to the top of my mind, I recently talked to my mom about this. And she remembers it vividly, like everybody was talking about this in the country when it happened. But yeah, Ritep, introduce it, explain what happened, and then I'll tell you some firsthand experience well, with it. From my understanding, it, it, there was a uh, an alien landing, so not just a sighting, mm-hmm. uh, a craft actually landed, and two three-foot-tall beings uh, exited the craft 
in front of essentially, I can't remember exactly, but 60 to 100 kids and teachers from a school. Correct. And they got as close uh, as like five, six feet away from these uh, beings uh, purportedly. Are you, are you saying beans or beings? I'm saying beans. They're, they're, they're I'm talking about beans. alien beans, bro. Like okay. the kind that make you fart in front of your dog so he runs away. Okay. Um, Copy that. No, beings. So uh, and and so the whole thing is that they all saw this same thing, and they all reported it exactly in the same way, including the the teachers. So it wasn't just the kids; it was the teachers too. And that's the story. That's what I read, and and it's some crazy story. What, what do you know? What do you? I know? mean, you summed it up. It was a it was a school. Yeah, I mean, you really summed it up. I think what was most fascinating about that whole story is it was sixty something kids plus half a dozen teachers that all stopped class. This was during class, left the classrooms, stood around on this field and watched this craft land and two creatures with oversized eyes get out and walk away. Now, that sounds like something, you know, you'd see on History Channel, not knocking History Channel, but you get my point. You know, it sounds like <laughs> nonsense, except, yeah. except for like the foreseeable future, all of the kids were drawing what they saw because nobody could believe mm. it, and they all drew the exact same thing. Um, oh, yeah, look at that. Will's got pictures of the drawings. They literally all drew the same thing. The teachers reported it. The kids reported it. This wasn't like, you know, Jim Bob out doing crack in the woods was like, I saw me some aliens. This was 60-something people that all stood around together and witnessed the exact same thing, and then 60-something people reported this to, like, the newspaper and the press and the media, and it was covered, but everybody was like, oh, they're crazy. I don't know how right. you get 60-something people to all be crazy or all be in on a lie and never break it. And that's yeah. literally exactly what happened. I saw an, I saw an interview with one, of the, uh, with one of the teachers or the main teacher that was there. Yeah. And he said that shortly after this happened, he had some people come to his house from the government. Um, and they are, you know, I can't remember who they were, military really? or whatever, but they basically threatened him and said, you know, what you saw was a blah, 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 like a helicopter. Well, yeah. Well, welcome to Zimbabwe. He probably went missing three weeks later. That's just how our government operates. Well, that's, but, um, <clears throat> that's, yeah, that's the, that's the common story that Jim Bob from, uh, wherever, you know, tells too, is that, you know, the men in black come and threaten, you know, so it's not like. Just Zimbabwe, that that kind of shit. But it's weird, no, though. No, but in Zimbabwe, on that note, Ritap, and, and, you know, if any of our brosners are from my beloved home country, they all will agree with this. A lot of people go missing, and a lot, you know, like, it's not a democracy. Like, people disappear, people get wiped off the face of the earth. You can be, you know, it's illegal to be gay in Zimbabwe still. You will be stoned to get death if you're gay in Zimbabwe, and it's found out. So... It's, it's a little right. bit different there, and things like this do happen. And in Zimbabwe, the government threatens you. It's not like here where you're like, well, I'm going to go to court, you know, and, like, you'll never get yeah. away with it. I'm going to call the police. Or I'm going like, to go to the L.A. Times, and they're going to get Totally, yeah. Like, that, yeah. It, you know, and you, I'm not saying that you can totally get away with it here because I'm sure they have controls too, but there it's like there's nobody you can go to. Like, it's all under one umbrella, you know, and, and that is just well, how politics work there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, but the whole point of that is it's just interesting to me that you mentioned that Pat, cause 
you know, as a devout conspiracy theorist for over a decade now, uh, <laughs> I've, I've read aliens are my favorite thing. Alien encounters are like my favorite thing to read about because, you know, they're, they're just insane encounters, like, and whether or not they're just fictitious stories or whatever, you know, the more real something seems, but it is yet at the same time, like fantastically ridiculous from our, like what you consider real in the world, the better, you know? So if you can, but you know, one of those, those things that's in all of the stories of the people who start to get like their story starts to get popular is they say that some, somebody came and basically strong armed them into that shit. So it doesn't, it's interesting that this teacher, even in Zimbabwe, you know, is, is saying this when, you know, but what do you guys think? I mean, is this a real incident? Religion is a big, is a big thing that keeps people organized and keeps the world from chaos, right? Because almost every religion has a set of rules that essentially says shouldn't kill other people, like don't steal, right? So if, if, if something were to happen that basically made people question their religion, which if there was just aliens living on other planets coming to Earth, that, like the Bible, for example, would suddenly be it, wrong, wrong. That, right? right? Aliens and life right. on other provably isn't, wrong isn't right. accounted for in Christianity, right. and so, you know, it would make a lot of sense to not throw every society in the world potentially into upheaval, into chaos. Right? It would yeah. make a lot of sense that there would be a coordinated effort by governments to keep information that could fucking throw society into chaos suppressed. So, so I don't think it's think? that far of a stretch to say. Well, I, I yeah. so. Look, I think anybody that doesn't at least somewhat believe that there's other life in the universe is pretty silly. Like, the universe yeah, is so big. You know, we've just recently begun to identify other planets that have structures that can support life as we know it with regards to distance from, you know, suns and, and gravity and, and what creates water, etc. I, I can't believe that anybody in today's age with a good education should think that we're the only life forms, the only planet with life forms in the galaxy. Now, all that being said, does that mean that there's three foot tall green men with over black men, as they said in, in the Zimbabwe story with oversized eyes coming out of flying saucers? I don't know about that. I think that it's beyond a coincidence that 60 something people would see all of this and stick to their guns forever and never, never waver on what they saw. I also, and I think I told this story on a podcast once before, Patrick asked me, like, what's your closest to supernatural experience you've ever had? Now, keep in mind, I grew up in Zimbabwe, and it was around this time, I don't know if it was 98 or 92 or whatever, but in that same time period, I, again, I think I told this story once before. As a little kid, I ran out on my mom's balcony so that my, my parents had a big bedroom, and then it had like a wraparound balcony on the left-hand side as you entered the door. And I ran out there pretty late at night, you know, like 9.30 at night. It was dark, big, beautiful moon, stars. And to this day, I don't know whether this was real or a dream because I have such a vivid memory of it or if it's something I saw in a movie and I materialized in my own imagination. But I remember seeing an alien thing, a flying saucer thing. And I'm a scientist and you guys know me. I'm very practical. Like I'm not like, you know, ooh, spooky boogies and spookies and stuff. But to this day, mm -hmm. I do not know whether what I saw was a dream or it actually happened. I don't remember it. I just remember very vividly running out on the deck and sitting down and watching this thing very slowly move through the sky right in front of me and then running inside to get my mom and sister and dad and everybody and pull them out and there was nothing out there. 
Whether that happened or not, I don't know because I was young, but I, I will <laughs> never, ever forget what that whole thing looked like. And it totally same country, same time frame in general that this happened, which is kind of well, weird. All right. Let me be let me be frank. No, you're Pat, Peter. Have aliens visited Earth? The Earth? Yeah. Yeah. Thousand percent. If you watch the documentary, uh, it's called, I think it's called Black Box UFO Secrets. It's yeah, a I have seen it's it. It's a collection uh, of uh, black box recordings from commercial yeah. airlines. So this so again oh, isn't isn't you know Dill Jenkins who had a, a crop duster. Right. These are commercial airline pilots with multiple pilots in the cockpit, and every one of the ones that's depicted on this dock is they triangulate where it's you know. Uh, American Airlines flight 1213, well, Japan Airlines, blah, 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 well, Russian Airlines. Right, right, right. And they're all in the same place reporting the same thing. Yeah. Numerous times they're saying this thing is the size of an aircraft carrier. Hmm. It just yeah. followed along above us, a thousand feet above us, and then took off at 10 times our speed. Hmm. And these are, and almost every single one of them, the official report is, oh, it was a weather balloon. And right. you have... Numerous pilots from Japan and Russia and China and the U.S. all saying this thing is the size of a fucking aircraft carrier and it just went 10,000 miles an hour. Actual, actual recordings of them actual like saying it, not an interview or it's anything. Amazing. Yeah. And when it's you watch that to then go, <laughs> it's just you just don't want to believe and that's OK. If right. you don't want to believe, okay. that's fine. Yep. You know? Totally. So, Forrest, are you going to be one of those guys that goes, <laughs> Or do you believe too that they visited Earth? No, I'm a I'm a uh, guy until there's proof. Like that's part of being a scientist, right? Now, am I disparaging those that go out to find the proof? No, but this is where like the line starts to get blurry, right? It's like, you know, people sometimes not sometimes all the time I get messages on my social media, go look for Bigfoot, and I'm uh, about Bigfoot, right? Because it's Bigfoot, <laughs> but. Really, like, what's the difference between looking at for Bigfoot and looking for an animal like, say, fern that only one ever has been recorded 114 years ago, right? Like, the difference, I mean, the difference with that one is there was a specimen, but still, it's like, right, right. you know, it starts to become kind of a gray area between, like, these extinct animals and these cryptid animals and things that were described, but we don't really know what they are. Perfect example is the Kilauea death lizard, which is this giant gecko from New Zealand, that like there's a it's similar to fern. There's a single specimen of a gargantuan lizard in a museum that turned up like 10 or 15 years ago, I think in London, that basically just has a label that says New Zealand. And they're like, wait a minute, there's this like four foot tall gecko from New Zealand. And Maori lore and legend for thousands of years talks about the death lizard, the, the Kilokuea or whatever, I don't know how to pronounce it, this giant gecko, right? This is like, is it a cryptid? Because it comes from Maori lore and nobody's ever seen it. But then all of a sudden there's this single specimen in a museum in, in London that says like New Zealand 200 years ago. And it's like, is this a blizzard Bigfoot? Is it the real thing? Like nobody, you know what I mean? It becomes such a right. blurry line with this. And, and to add to that, not to dogleg us too much, the same thing happened in New Caledonia like 60 or not, no, like 30 years prior where they're like, oh, there's these giant geckos there. And everyone's like, oh, that's outrageous. And then sure enough, some scientists went there and were like, hey, yeah, here's some giant geckos, like double the size of any other known geckos on the planet. And uh, and now they're like, you can buy them at almost any specialty pet shop. Right. But but 20, yeah. 30, 40 years ago, whatever it was, they were a fable. 
And so it's just right. like it's like it, you know it's it's so my point is I don't I don't discourage or disparage anybody that's open minded that wants to look for proof of these things whether it is Bigfoot or aliens or whatever it's not my field. Uh, there you go. There's the the Kilokoya, but um, it's not my field. Wow! But, but this a is massive gecko. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> Look at that it's thing. It's like the size of a small gator. It is, and and <laughs> it, Lord. In, in Maori lore, <laughs> anybody is. that sees one drops dead, basically, or I think it's a sign that death is coming, something along those lines. So the Maori didn't want to see them, and Europeans haven't seen them except for the specimen in museum. So it's like it's such a hybrid between. We know it's a real thing. You're looking at one on this picture. We know it comes from New Zealand. It also has this crazy cryptic, cryptid history. I don't know. I like. I love this kind of stuff, right? This is yeah, where it, like yeah. science what and cryptozoology meet. What's that? Let yeah. me ask you. Let me ask you this, as as a broologist, are you familiar with Homo florescensis? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Florescensis, isn't it? I'm not. Yeah. Tell me. Well, this is, I mean, I think this is one of the coolest things ever. So there's an island called Flores Island that is right next to Komodo Island. It's, the, I think the, yeah, in Indonesia, it's one of the only other places where they, they have Komodo dragons. Yep. Right. Um, Bintang Flores, cool. it's where I got uh, the scar right here. Oh, shit. Oh, you got, oh, that, you that, got in that in Flores? Flores? Yep, that's from Flores. What were you doing? I was trying to pull a lobster out of a hole. Did I, have I never told this story? I'm sure I've told no. it to you, Pat. Do, do we want to tell it right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, how'd you pull the lobster off a hole and get a giant scar from? It? Oh God! Wait, is okay. that when so, you were when you were going in the doing the caves? Yeah. Let me tell it quick, and then because this yeah, is more, it's a good let's one. stay on the tangent that we're on. But when I was I went to Bintang Flores, one of my biggest bucket list items since I was like six years old was to see Komodo dragons. Like, there's nothing I've wanted yeah. more since being a little kid. Like every little reptile nerd in the world. So I finally got there when I was 22 or 23 years old with Jess, um, and, and I shot into, I, we were on a super shoestring budget, so I was like, I'm going to go diving, I'm going to get us some food, and we'll cook it up on the beach, blah, blah, blah. This was long before Bintang Flores and Komodo had all these luxury hotels and shit, and we were staying in like a little homestay hut thing. So I go out diving, dive down, see a lobster in a cave, shoot the lobster with my spear gun. Well, my spear goes flying through the lobster and wedges into the carl, and I'm just in board shorts. So I reach down, try to pull my spear out. It's the only spear I'm traveling around the whole world with, and so I can't afford to lose it, and it's wedged into the rocks. So I start going um, back and forth trying to get the spear out, and I feel like something itching on my arm. Now, I've got fire coral in the Caribbean a dozen times. It sucks. It burns for 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, it's fire coral. That sucks. Well, it takes me like 15 dives and half an hour to get the spear free, and finally I do while I'm rubbing my arm against what I thought was fire coral. Well, it turns out... In Bintang Flores, in this region of Indonesia, there's a highly toxic fire coral. And when you spend 30 minutes rubbing your arm against it, it kills all your skin. So that night I went into cold sweats, fever, like a terrible, woke up the next morning. I'll see if I can send a picture to you guys at some point. And the skin from, from my elbow crease to my nipple was black and oozing and bubbling and falling off mm. in like dime-sized chunks. And uh, and I woke and, and I didn't know what to do. I puked all night long. I felt terrible, like I had this giant coral burn, and I didn't know what to do. And we found the only doctor on the island at that time who was actually a cattle vet because they run cows there. And I went into a three-sided building. One of the walls was blown out from a hurricane. Tried to play play a game <laughs> of like Pictionary to explain what had happened. She pulled out yeah. a filthy needle 
took the biggest <laughs> dose of cream-colored liquid I've ever seen, told me to roll over and take my pants off, shoved it in my butt, and I felt Ugh. great. The skin continued to die and fall <laughs> off, but I felt I felt like a million bucks and still got to see my Komodo dragons. <laughs> Jeez. Yuck. Uh, so was it like an opiate? <laughs> I have no idea, man. To this day, I have zero clue what she shoved in me, but it, it I made a me feel poppy, good. A little poppy seed tea going yeah. into your buttocks. But anyway, there. that was a big dog well, leg, but that's how I got No, it's scar. cool. But it, the quick version of this, because I now I'm like wondering if I've said this before on the podcast, but in Flores Island, they had, um, you know, it's a lot of like villages of the, the indigenous mm-hmm. people that live there. Um, and it's not like, this is not like a built up place with cities. And so for years and years and years, people that had visited Flores Island, when they talked to the villagers, they talked about these little hobbits mm-hmm. that lived in the, in the woods. And they, they would come and steal babies and, and, and steal livestock. Um, but, you know, it just sounds like this sort of mythical silliness that you right. know, these hobbit-type creatures with huge feet. Well, they're only supposed to be like three woods. feet tall, right? Yeah, they're, they're yep. short and they, they have these huge feet and they would come and they would steal babies in the night. Right. And this is just thought of to be sort of a story or whatever. And then in 2003, they're doing this archaeological dig hmm. in um, a cave called Liang Bua in, on the island, in Flores Island. And they find a cemetery of a species of hominid that is now called Homo flora Census or whatever, or Flores Island man. That are is another species of human, essentially, that's yep. three feet tall. They have massive feet. Matches all descriptions. And yep. they, they excavate over 60 of these skeletons of this completely separate creature uh, that, that's completely human in every other way. They have the same skull, you know, same skull structure. They're just tiny humans with giant feet. It's known as Flores Island Man. That's, the, that's actually the archaeological dig there in the cave. So, so it's just crazy to think that, like... You know, this was, and not to say that they were coming in and snatching babies. Also, the youngest of these skeletons, I think, was 50,000 years old. Right. Wow. So we don't have proof that they're still alive. This could have been a story that passed down while the Homo sapiens and Flores Island. 50,000 years, though? That is a long time for a story. It's a long time for an oral tradition, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's super cool. Like, to me, that's like, shit, let's go look for some hobbits. Totally. Let's go so, find some, dude. So on that note, one it's of culturally the... culturally insensitive to call them hobbits, mate. Come on now. It's not. It, I'm kidding. They're it, not even... They don't even exist. They what? do exist or did exist. <laughs> they did. No, and yeah, this is, they it, did exist. It's just like the death lizard. It's just like a bunch of these things where it's like it's all lore and oogie boogie and you're so stupid for believing it until it isn't, you know? And then it's 100%. like... 100%. Like, you know, you're, you're such a jackass. It's one of the things like Patrick, you and I often talk about the problems with my field of, of like wildlife sciences and just sciences in general, which is the whole, like, if you didn't think of it or if you didn't prove it, you're an asshole. Right. And this is, this totally falls into that. Like everybody talked about, you know, the Flores man, um, as, as being like a cryptid, a Bigfoot, you know, a silly little hobbit tradition. And then it's like, Oh, here's a cave full of them, you know? So it's just, (laughs) right. Yeah. (laughs) So I, (laughs) this, this podcast is getting all over the place. Have you heard of, no, we're, we're, we're this on is all, this is all, right this now. all science adjacent. Very succinct. To talk about. So, have you heard of Orang Pendek? Have either of you guys heard of this one? Nope. So, Mm-mm. okay. So, just like the Flores Man, there is another Indonesian folklore called the Orang Pendek, and it's basically this one comes from the island of Sumatra. 
Now, I've been to Sumatra. It is as wild as it comes. Like, there is few places on Earth left as wild and as uh, diverse. Uh, you know, remember when we had BTG on the, on the phone? We were talking about the Wallace Line. This is right on the Wallace Line. Super diverse. Crazy place. Will... If you can, and maybe we're going to get shut down. I know we're doing a lot of videos this this uh, this time. Find the video where the guys are riding their motorcycle and they see the Orang Pendek. Um, so imagine a tiny little, like, basically orangutan-like man, three foot tall, hairy, that lives in the jungles. Now, again, Sumatra, super wild, super rugged, super remote. A couple guys are riding their dirt bikes down one of these jungle roads, and uh, hopefully we can get the video here. And this little humanoid creature jumps out in front of the dirt bike and runs like fast as hell for like 100 feet before it jumps back in the bushes carrying what looks like a spear. And it's like, no, what? I swear, I swear, you got to see the video. It, it's mind blowing. I'm hoping Will can find it here. Um, and then, yeah, go ahead. So and then, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think it was? I don't know. Right. Orang Pendek? I, I, well, that's the thing, man. And you, you, you know, if you say that out loud, you're a tinfoil hat crazy guy, but it's not an orangutan. You know, it's not another known species of primate carrying a wooden spear. Like, it's just not. That's not how they run. So I don't, I don't oh, know what it is. It I don't think we can. The, the only thing you can chalk it up to is either fake or something we don't know about yet. Nothing else. Right. All right. All right well, so if you're, if you're listening on here. iTunes, we're about to review the RN Pendek video for the first time right here. Live. Right, so this is clearly a guy filming so, on a phone. I think he's see cruising. It? Oh, see right, it there? Go. Look there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gone. Oh whoa. Whoa. Can you wind it back, Will? That guy. Um, the guy's cruising on a moped of some sort. Yeah, I don't think he's got a phone. I think he's got a helmet cam on his GoPro. I think you're right. Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? GoPro on his helmet cam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you'll just see it. It's a flash, but. And could it be a village kid that's, like, doing something naughty? Sure, but it sure doesn't see the spear. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Nice pause, Will. Perfect. The first guy. So the first guy actually wrecked his bike because he almost hit the— or maybe he might have hit it. I don't remember the story anymore. But if you back up, Will, real quick um, and play it again— I, I, I don't know. This video has always surprised me. Um, you'll see. He comes around the corner and look up from the crashed motorcycle. So go ahead and play it in real time, Will. So there's the guy. He's carrying a little spear. Yeah. The guys are like, oh, what happened? You crashed? And then the guy shoots out after this thing to figure out what's going on. Um, I don't know. The, you see the spear in his hand there? Like hanging out oh, the yeah. back? It's crazy, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's, it's just wild. And it, again, this is one of those things that it, just like the Flores, the Flores man, um, if you described it, you're, you're a psycho, you're a lunatic, you're a nut job, but... What is this? Right. You know, like that's pretty right. weird. Oh, there you people go. We'll on the, people on the island have been talking about this thing for a hundred years as yep. far as written history. And it is, we have seen firsthand in, in really, really remote places. You know, you go there and you, there's a scientist there that we're going to meet that's been there for 10 years. And they're like, no one else has come here in, in the right. 10 years I've been here to right. study. This. Exactly. Because just yeah. like wow. animals taking human pathways, Scientists don't love going to places that are really hard to get to. Nope. To spend 10 years studying a new type of, you know, a new species of something. That's a lot of work. Correct. And not to yeah. mention... Oh, he's clearly like, got a spear, by the way. Yeah, clearly you can see the spear there. 
Yeah. God bless wow. YouTube for quarter speed play <laughs> slow mo. And not to mention, like, if you're, you know, like, there's that, there's that uh, place where the guy went to try and, you know, that uncontacted tribe where the missionary went and he got iced. And there, we know there's uncontacted yeah. tribes in the Amazon. We've seen them from the air. You know, like, if you're one of these tribes. You don't want to interact with big, scary people on their big noise machines, right? Like, and you can imagine whether this is like some crazy person or an orang pendek or just, you know, a village kid that ha isn't used to human beings. You don't want to interact with what's going on. There's this crazy loud thing, this motorcycle and these people zooming at you. It's got to be terrifying if you don't know what that that is. Yeah. How tall is that grass there, you think, right there? Tall. Like, it's like six foot grass, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was just trying to get a reference for how tall the uh, little little guy was, <laughs> you think. We should have, uh, we talked about it on the BTG podcast, but Johnny Inches, um, for his uh, Travel Channel International show that he's done for years, he has an amazing story where they, they went to some village, I think it was in Indo, and... Um, it was this little village and there was this, you know, this, this witch that lived in the woods that would come hmm. into the village at night and stuff like that. And they went and they spent a couple of weeks looking around and they fi literally found an old schizophrenic woman hmm. who was living in the jungle. Um, and they found like cans of like, like canned goods, like, I don't know, you know, whatever that, uh, were like 25, 30 years old that she had like in her little domicile hut that she had built. Right. And she was wow. just this like exiled schizophrenic woman, and they're like, "Wow, you literally have a witch that lives in the woods." Yeah, like, yeah. We, like we found her. Real. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's I a mean, much cooler story. Maybe we'll have them on sometime. Did you guys ever hear about the the um, Japanese World War II survivor from Guam? No. Uh, oh, no. this story. Maybe this story blows my mind. So during World War II. There was, you know, so Guam was one of those territories where the U.S. and Japan would fight over it constantly, right? Japan would fly over it, the U.S. would fly over it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this guy was in a dogfight, right, this Japanese soldier, and his plane went down in the high mountains of Guam. Guam's a very mountainous island. It's a super cool place. And his plane went down, and he survived the crash. And after surviving the crash, he ran into a cave high up in the mountains in Guam. This was in World War II. Well, sure enough, as soon as World War II, well, not even as soon as, before World War II ended, the U.S. made it like a major aerial hub, right? And then it became, I think, a hub for Continental or United. So literally, planes have been flying in and out of Guam relentlessly oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. since World War II. Well, this guy, who moved into a cave in the mountains of Guam, thought that the war had continued for 30 years before he left the cave because he was like, the war's going on. So he just lived in isolation up in the mountains in Guam in this cave is the story I've been told, and I should probably fact check it, for 30-something years or 25-something years, I don't remember exactly, before some hikers basically found him, and he was this ancient Japanese man living in a cave in isolation in the mountains of Guam. It's crazy. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean... Imagine being like, yep, the war is still going. I can't imagine what it's like out there. I'm just going to wait it out in this cave for 30 or well, so I mean, years. He was probably, he probably thrilled. liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to say. <laughs> you don't do something for 30 years unless you're like kind of into it. Yeah, like, he, think about how it's like, man, I don't have to deal with any of that noise going on. Yeah, there. Like, I don't like, have to talk to any fucking people, be barked orders at. <laughs> you know, fucking just. Yeah, as long as he found a way to like ferment some sort of jungle fruit. Yeah, so that he could have some booze on a Friday night, <laughs> and he's yeah. good. I'm sure. Probably made some animal friends out there. 
All right, so I have an idea for a new game. Okay, I'm up for I it. I love your new games. I was I'm, waiting I'm for for already. To, to go, ooh, a game. Um, ooh, so, a game. So, there you go, thanks. All right, <laughs> so people love the science, they love the nature, they love the wildlife, they love the cryptids, but they also love when we occasionally get into the banal trappings of human life True. and talk about food. People love fruit. Fruit, fruit, fruit. Cereals, death row meals. Nobody yeah, sent so me I've a thought. box yet. I stand by my statement from that podcast. The first Brosner to send me a box of fruit brute gets to go on an expedition. So, just saying. Uh, <laughs> if someone sends you a box of fruit brute and not me, I'll kill myself yeah. on the air. <laughs> So, oh my right. God! Even more so, Christ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um, all right. So I th- like, think this is a fun one. It's very polarizing. It's very topical. We're not. Ooh. It's not a snake draft. It's not a, snake it's not a battle royale. That's still to come. Okay. What you're going to do is each of us are going to list your top three ice cream flavors. You don't have to get into a big thing on each one. Mm-hmm. We can interject. Yep. Top three ice cream flavors, and then the one that is dead fucking last, like the worst ice cream, the one that's like embarrassing. Shit. Yep. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, so, because yeah, people, you know, ice cream is very polarizing. Uh, I'm happy to go first here since it's my. Do it. No, I don't think so. I'll be going first. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Rich like, guys, guys, this is my domain. We're talking food. Like, time for me to step <laughs> in and true. take charge. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick's been thinking about this for a week that's the only reason i don't want yes. him going first he's already got his selections picked days ago okay. um right. but that said i'm not going to be taking anything uh crazy off the table because legitimately well and also we can over cream, we can overlap just your honest lists yeah it's just what you like yeah do are, are we doing so are, are we doing a snake draft nope, I already still? Say what you, he's gonna lose go it go ahead he's gonna lose it what did you say no snake draft. i, I, I already said no snake draft you son of a bitch. Oh, I thought you said snake draft. I, I missed that right. one tiny Hurry word up. that's this only two letters when you already. mumbled it out of your fucking asshole. All right. Um, Good God. So my first pick uh, is just straight up vanilla, dude. Vanilla is fucking delicious, and I don't know why it gets such a bad rap. It's delicious. I love right. how they name things vanilla. Like, that's so vanilla. No, vanilla's delicious. What are you saying? It's a delicious, tasty treat? Okay, so that's you your, is that your number one? <clears throat> it's in my three that I'm picking. Okay. Wait, are we doing these ranked? Why don't you explain For, Forrest and I will rank ours because we yeah. know how to do a podcast after 51 weeks. But anyway, <laughs> vanilla, what else do you have? <laughs> so my first pick is vanilla... And then my uh, second pick is legitimately <laughs> strawberry. Ugh. Very simple, man. Just take a Neapolitan and call it a day, dummy. Yeah, seriously. Let me guess. Chocolate for your number three? <laughs> no, no. I'm talking. I'm not talking fucking Briars, dude. I'm talking Tillamook fucking strawberry. Chunks of strawberry in the ice cream. Not just strawberry flavoring. It needs to have the actual fruit in it. Copy Delicious. That. Okay, what's okay. three? And out of those two, I'm going to say that strawberry is number one and the vanilla is number two. And my final pick, <laughs> my final pick uh-huh. is a delicious fucking classic. Keep, keep in mind, I'm from Chicago, the Midwest. I'm yep. a simple man. My third and final pick is chocolate chick chip cookie dough. Ooh, That's right. That's nice. 
And and uh, by the way, if That's you want to turn that into a Neapolitan and send it to Pat, melted and shitty, uh, I'd be happy to. <laughs> okay, and then the what's your charges. what's your what's your dead fucking last? What's Don't your oh my Disgusting. god? Here is my dead last, and I will fist fight anybody to the death when they inevitably want to argue about this. Yep. Fucking mint chocolate chip. Yes. Eat a dick. Yes. Yeah. It's I am disgusting. Why do so I want gross. fucking toothpaste That's, flavored did, ice cream? Did all three of us have that as our dead fucking last? Because I, I did, did too. for sure. No, 100%. Oh, it it's tastes terrible. like toothpaste. It's so it's popular so too. And I thought everybody likes smashed it. for that. It's oh, garbage. Oh my God. Who eats it? It's terrible. It's, it's fucking mouthwash. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's frozen it, toothpaste. Don't put that, don't call that dessert. It's disgusting. No. Oh, and yet I think have, it might be yeah. the most popular. It's crazy. It's how many so crazy. popular, dude. I gotta have mint chip. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, get it's out. Garbage. garbage. So that's garbage. also my yeah. dead last. Retep, we overlapped on two. So dead last for me is mint chocolate chip. Number three, I'm going very plain, but I'll explain it. Just chocolate. A good chocolate Solid. ice cream. And here's what you do. You put caramel on it. Because people oh, always put caramel yes. on vanilla ice cream. Caramel and chocolate is mind blowing. Number two for me, we also overlap chocolate chip, or sorry, cookie dough, cookie dough ice cream. It's, it's so unbelievable good. the texture of the ice cream with the little balls of, oh. I think they're made of racquetball material, uh, are so good. It's fun on the teeth. Number one, and it's not even close. Need a shirt. And anyone who says, oh, that's what my grandma eats. You dumb. Don't you say rum try raisin. It. Don't say rum. Rum raisin. Oh, Are you out of God. your fucking mind? A rum First raisin. First of all, nobody, complex. nobody under the no, nobody under the age of eighty-five has ever, <laughs> ever tasted rum raisin. rum raisin, except for you, <laughs> dude. That combination, you get that that spice from the rum. You get the butteriness of whatever Ugh. the mystery ingredient is, and the raisin, rum <laughs> raisin. <laughs> I was I was made fun of it wildly on Santa Cruz Island yep. by Forrest and our entire crew for getting rum raisin at the ice cream shop. It is amazing. And then dead last, mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Forrest, I speculate if I have ever tasted rum raisin, that would be my uh, my my least favorite, my Forrest, worst pick. Forrest. Replace my mint chocolate. Go ahead, Forrest. Pick bubble gum as your top favorite. No, God, no. That was a huge <laughs> mistake. I also was made fun of for ordering that. I ordered rum raisin in Galapagos. Forrest got a scoop of bubble gum. <laughs> Didn't eat it. Couldn't eat it. Couldn't Cried. be more fucking opposite. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna go third, second, first. Um, hands down. I don't know if you guys have had this before. Uh, my, my number three is the brownie core ice cream that they're selling at the moment. Have you had, it's got like the goopy the ben, chocolate, and ben and Jerry's brownie core. Like I'm not even that big into brownies, but whatever that chocolate lava goop that doesn't freeze in the middle of that ice cream is in the middle of chocolate ice cream. It's, it's a treat. Um, Dude, if you get the core, it's, it's a brand, it's like Ben and Jerry's core yeah, and it's exactly. just got a molten center of caramel or brownie that doesn't they're freeze. They're very good at making ice cream. Good yes. God. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Ben and Jerry do. So Fantastic. that's a new, that's a new find on my end that I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with. So number two, which was a tough, it was a tough one for me. A lot of overlap. It sounds like we're a couple of vanilla guys, all three of us, but, um, uh, cookie dough, chocolate chip cookie dough. I love it. I mean, you've got the vanilla ice cream, which I do love, but then you get these fantastic bites of cookie dough. By the way, I would throw out all three of these flavors and just eat a tube of cookie dough over any of this because I love <laughs> cookie dough. Yeah, dude. Um, my my <laughs> girlfriend 
came home from Costco with, a, I don't even know, like three gallon. I, I don't know how big it was. It was a giant gallon bucket thing of cookie dough. And I was I've like, seen those. what is this? Yeah, I've seen them. And too. like, you know, yeah. it's very dangerous because you, guys you just polish it pull off? it out. No, of course not. But I would love to. You can. You really. You think that you could, but you can only eat so much before you want to kill yourself. <laughs> honestly, how, how many <laughs> raw eggs are you consuming in that? Dude, <laughs> you can have like four yes. bites in one sitting. That's um, it. All right. Yes. Yeah, so love me some chocolate minute. chip cookie dough. It's so good. Love cookie dough in general. Number one, pretty weird one. If we got any brosners from down under, I had this. I've. I've been to New Zealand twice, and it's the first thing I do when I get off the plane, even if it's 7.30 in the morning, it is get mm-hmm. hokey pokey ice cream. It is like... I've huh. heard of it. It's so good. You know the inside of... You know those like honey crisp candies? You know, How like did that, Will like, already pull cones? up a picture yeah, of they're disgusting. Pokey. What a weirdo. <laughs> he, knew, he knew going in. It's like honeycomb. I don't even know what it is. It's Bit of so honey, honey is the most disgusting candy so. in the like world, by the way. it's like honeycomb ice cream. It's so good. Pokey pokey ice cream. That's my number one, hands down. And we've of course, I, I'm upset with your description of of claiming it tastes like bit of honey because bit of honey is disgusting. I don't know what bit of honey, honey, really bit like of honey is. I said that's what you just said. That no, little like honey the, candy, the, the honeycomb like crunchy candy stuff surrounded by chocolate. Yeah, bit of honey. It's I've never disgusting, heard of that. And so are you. It's not. I like this ice cream though. Pokey um, pokey ice cream. Oh my it's god, so good. Is this available in the U.S.? We should find out because I, oh man, I will order some tonight off Amazon. Uh, All of our Australian so, posters. So are it's, ship it's described you as this. Hokey, this is according to its Wikipedia. Hokey Pokey is a flavor of ice cream in New Zealand consisting of plain vanilla ice cream with small solid lumps of honeycomb toffee. Oh yeah, that's that sounds yeah, that's good. Nice, that's so good. Forrest, for those not watching, Forrest is currently smiling like a donut. Um, and then, yeah, dead last zero question. If you argue with this, probably just unsubscribe from this channel straight away. Mint chocolate chip. <laughs> Which disgusting. is going to be half of people. I love, yeah. I love how the only call to action that Forrest gets is calling people stupid and telling, <laughs> telling them to unsubscribe. <laughs> Please it's don't. It's a different Please approach. It's not the number one marketing approach out there. It's, it's, it's a unique um, I like it. Make, I yeah. like everybody's picks actually for once in life. It yeah. wasn't like, remember when you picked Gushers as your Easter basket candy? It's so not even a ago. candy, it's a lunch item. So good, a lunch item. In the Midwest, they call it fruit. Uh, <laughs> you've had some real, we should do a well, daily with just Forrest's bad picks that he's made. <laughs> just cut it together. <laughs> uh, well, let us know, by the way, in the comments, what you think is the best and the absolute worst gutter trash ice cream. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of people love mint chip, man. It's yeah, we probably upset oh, yeah. so many We're going to get fucking, we're going to get crushed in the comments, guaranteed. But there's going to be a lot of people who fervently agree with us as well. So I'm excited to see it. Sure. Fer- fer- fervently is the word. English. <laughs> Bitch, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a simple man. I just said it. Fuck off with your grammar and your language. Hey, Pig. angry people. Pig trash. I think it's time. No. Battle Royale. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody's favorite time. What do you got for us? You said you got one. Yep, yep. I was thinking of it as we were doing this podcast. This podcast took a weird turn. We went, you know, we were going down science. We took a left on cryptid. We rounded it out by going back to topical and then talking ice cream. So it's been a hell of a drive. But um, I'm thinking tonight, given the spirit of the podcast, 
We are each going to go snake draft for Tep. I'll explain how that works. Um, we are going to create our own cryptid, right? What creature pulling from nature? What, what, what head does it have? What body does it have? What special powers does it have? However you want to structure it. No, no holds bar. You can do anything you like with it. Create the perfect cryptid monster. That, mm. that would be rumored in folklore and legend, but stay hidden from humanity due to its abilities. I like it. So any three sort of qualities from the animal kingdom. Anything at all. Anything you like. It can live in the water. It can fly. It can... I, I don't. I don't care what it this? is. It can. It can be anything. That noise? Go, go nuts with it. I like it. Who's going first? Um. Oh my god! I was just. I was googling while you were talking, and a video started playing, and it was playing like dramatic music as you were explaining it. I was like, "Is Will playing sound effects? What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> That's funny. All, All right. right. On that note, Ritep, why don't you go first? This is a snake okay. draft, meaning you get one pick to start us off. All right, and so our animals, these have to be abilities that actual animals in the natural world have. We can't go buck wild, right? Yeah, it's, yes. it's, ground, yeah, it's grounded exactly. in reality, but we're creating okay. the perfect cryptid that'll stay hidden from humanity. Okay, well, if we're talking about things hiding, uh, I'm going to pick one of my favorite cephalopods other than my favorite cephalopod, the cuttlefish. Ooh, because smart. the cuttlefish fucking literally spends its entire life basically defending against being found it can turn into it, it can encase itself in shells and armor and and blend in with the background essentially looking invisible dude imagine you're coming up to my animal and it just cloaks itself with the background that, that was i, I win already we pick. can end the podcast i had the same pick nope. it's very good um so so just to be clear your pick though because you didn't didn't uh clarify the cuttlefish this. Yes, I get it's a cuttlefish, but it is the, it have the body Shut of a cuttlefish up, or the, the powers cuttlefish. of a cuttlefish. Yeah, what does it have? What does it look like? It has the powers, the powers of a cuttlefish, okay, right, meaning right. it can Thank be you. invisible, You're it done. can cloak itself, it, it can turn itself into a rock-looking shell it. and form. And <laughs> Patrick, you go next. Right. The camouflage right, ability of a cuttlefish. That's good. Okay, so the next I'm going to take this, and I'm going to take this off the table so that no one else can fuck with this. I'm going to take amphibiousness. Uh, nice. I'm going to take the fact that this animal can live in water or on the land. It's amphibious in nature, hmm. which is going to make it mysterious because there will be sightings of it in the water and there will be sightings of it on land, which is going to make it all the more cryptic. And people are going to be like, it's not real. Totally. Exactly. You say it's in the water, you say it's on land. I like that. Exactly. So the, I'm going to take that it's an amphibian. Okay. For us, you're up for two. Yep, that's good. Um, I like that a lot. Okay. I thought of this on the spot. I didn't, however, come up with any thoughts as I did it. Um, so this is completely on the fly. But I think my first pick... So I'm going to go for a flying creature. I, I have a bit of a thing with, with mm. dragons. Yeah, I've talked about this before. They're across all cultures, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to go with a large-winged creature. But the thing that I'm picking to, to tie it into nature is the bones of a bird. So for those that don't know this, bird bones are hollow, which means they very, very rarely fossilize. So if a bird dies, basically Smart. the bones kind of disintegrate and disappear. So no matter what, this population of this creature, when they die, as long as a couple scavengers get to them, there's no fossil evidence, there's no remaining bones, Smart. they just kind of 
shred and disappear. So I'm going to start with good the pick. bones. Good, good pick, very sciency. Yeah, very sciency. Bones of a bird, bones of a bird. But this animal, you know, because the culture we live in is so obsessed with Bigfoot and the fact that it's not real, I want to make my bird bone creature bipedal. So it's bird boned, but I'm going to basically turn these bird bones into an an orangutan. You know, imagine this big, long-armed, hairy orangutan that has these super light bird bones. Um, so we've got, you know, basically going towards like a Bigfoot thing, but there will be a twist when it comes back to me. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, I'm going to go for my second pick. It's an amphibian, lives in the water and on the land, and it also has the uh, intelligent chromatophores of a chameleon. Very nice. Uh, very nice. So this thing can change color very quickly. It doesn't have to think about it. Its skin has its own neurons or something. I don't know exactly how they work for us, does. But it can change color and texture like a chameleon. Wait, they can't change texture, can they? A little bit, actually. There's, there's well, I already picked that superpower, so you can't have that. No, you went cuttlefish. No, no, you went cuttlefish, boy. No, no, they can't change texture. That's bullshit. Stop kissing his ass, Forrest. You're not on... No, yeah, very angry tonight. Cuddle, yeah, you picked cuttlefish. I'm not angry. I've been I'm very... I'm picking chameleon. Uh, I'm smarter Chameleons than don't you. change texture. No. Okay, well, color, and yes. That's my. That's so mine. So it's an amphibian that can change color, color to match its background. Very hard to find. Very mm -hmm. hard to find. Now, you're up for two, Peter. Okay, my first pick is an animal that, yes, my friends, is immortal. It is a jellyfish that, when it is physically attacked, it can revert to its polyp stage and then regenerate all of its cells. And scientists believe because it can do that, it is virtually immortal and never dies. It's called the Turritopus dorni, or whatever. And uh, it he definitely is knew my superpower. <laughs> Yeah, of course I Googled it. You guys, I mean, you guys are you're stealing my, my cuttlefish abilities, Pat. You guys are glad-handing over there. And uh, so I will have an immortal cuttlefish <laughs> that can hide itself and become invisible and change texture. And then finally, because in the same list that I looked up, uh, <laughs> there is an animal that basically sprays uh, gas, a cloud of hydrogen cyanide, the dragon millipede, will be my final uh, feature of my animal. But what does it look so, like, Peter? You haven't given us, like, what, what does yeah, this thing is, look like? It, has no kind of it looks like the millipede, obviously. Okay, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you... And sprays gas. You've got a millipede <laughs> that sprays gas that has the immortality of a jellyfish but the camouflage of a cuttlefish. Correct. <laughs> This Good is, luck. This is Good like luck fighting that. I could find one of these under a log in my backyard tomorrow. <laughs> this is not a good cryptid. <laughs> good Bitch, luck. are you out of your fucking mind? Yes. Are you kidding me? This is the best creation that has ever been created on this podcast in 51 motherfucking weeks. Okay. All right. All cool. right. All right. Cool. Pat, what cool, else cool, you got? Cool, 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 cool. All right. All right. So, so here's where mine gets to be the most famous cryptid in the history of the world, because we already know that it can live in the water, but also the land. Right. When this is in the water and the swamp, you know, it's going to be weird. But when you see this thing on land, just before it changes color to match the background, you're going to be like, what did I just see on land? It has the body 
and the head and the whole thing of a, of a sperm whale. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, that's out there. So you're, you're trekking yeah. through the jungle. <laughs> you're, you're, no, yeah. you're in the Louisiana swamp and you got your binoculars. You're on a, you're on a bird watching tour and you are just thinking, I'm going to see a uh, pretty cool pileated woodpecker. Right. And the next thing you know, you see a 50 foot long Boom. sperm whale. whale. Hanging mm-hmm. out just in the woods, and then all of a sudden, no, it turns it the same color it, as it's. No, no, do you know how long it takes for a chameleon to change color? Do you know no, how not. long it would take for that size of an animal to change color with a chameleon's ability? It would take years, mate. Years. Terrible pick. <laughs> right, because it goes it goes one cell at a time. Dope. <laughs> what do you, it's not like it blends in with the sky or the air or its background. It's, it has to be touching it's not whatever fine. it turns the color of. It's okay. not <laughs> Well, your thing will be discovered and killed immediately by anyone who finds it. All right. Which many millions will. So my creature is neither a millipede nor a sperm whale. This is an orangutan-type <laughs> creature, the body of an orangutan, with hollow bird bones. But the kicker here, something that if you Google it, and Will, I think, will to help us out, if you Google this animal in real life, you don't even believe it's real, it's going to have the head and, wait for it, burrowing abilities of the star-nosed mole. So you're going to have this big orange primate-like creature with hollow bones that's going to have this crazy like alien face and head that just pops out of the ground, looks around, and then just dives back into the ground and disappears again. That thing on an orangutan body with bones that disintegrate when they die underground. That is my cryptid. What a mess. Okay. Uh, That... that I mean, it's definitely, it's funny because I actually was thinking about that, which is crazy because it's, I mean, why the fuck would I ever think of something you thought of just because it looks so goddamn ridiculous? (laughs) What does this thing do, Forrest? I mean, look at its fucking head. I want to know more about it just quickly. Why is its head like that? Yeah, why does the star-nosed mole have a star nose? It uses those tendrils to feel for earthworms in its completely pitch black environment. So it's got, a, got it. it's a special desert, like organ that's like a feeler. And obviously it has these massive oversized claws for burrowing and tunneling. And then it uses its its little feelers to to basically sniff out and feel out earthworms that it munches on. So, so Forrest, you yeah. usually do the rundown. Do you mind if I do it mind this time? Please. Yeah, please. Okay. I love so it. Be, let be us prepared know. to be interrupted, please, you smug prick. Please, please vote in the comments, whether you're on iTunes, YouTube, whatever you're listening on. Let us know who won this one. It's a it's a two way race, I would say. So, do you want do you yeah, want between me and myself? Do you want a sperm whale body that can live on land or in the water? It's literally it just also a sperm has whale. intelligent chromatophores, so it can blend in with its background. Do you want over much much time over a cre- years a creature? That's not true. That's not how it works. Do you want a creature that looks like an orangutan but can quickly get away by burrowing into the earth with the burrowing abilities of a star-nosed mole? Well, please, when he gets into mine, please pull up what my millipede looks like uh, so this uh, idiot understands the burrowing why abilities I it. of a star-nosed mole, but also has hollow bones of a bird so that it cannot be no remains will ever be recovered. Right. Or would you like a something that looks like a millipede that can shoot gas out of no, its No, no, it's not a millipede. It looks like a dragon millipede. It, it doesn't like look a, like a regular it millipede. It looks like a dragon millipede. Also, it's giant. It's change. as big as your sperm whale. You can't. That's a fourth thing. <laughs> your sperm whale's ridiculous. You picked a sperm whale that does nothing other than be large. 
It's the yeah, fact that's that right. it's on land. There's so, my there's my dragon millipede. Looks nothing like what you're trying to paint or a picture of. Would you like of. Peter's insects that can change colors? Um, <laughs> never going to be found. Going to be discussed. It, it's also never going to be encrypted. Sprays poison. Like, that's a bug. When it sprays poison into your asshole, you <laughs> idiot. They spray it out of their own asshole, not into yours. So. Well, I'm going to train all of them worldwide good, good to come to your house and spray poison gas into your ass. Liam Tobin is our editor, everybody. He's amazing. He's been editing our podcasts and daily videos for the past several months now at yeah. this point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, about time we give him a shout because he's behind the scenes. Of course, producer Will is back there. Uh, you see our ugly faces every week, so yep. you know who we are. If you want to watch the podcast, go to the wildtimespodcast.com forward slash info to find the YouTube link. And all the other links are there, too. The Spotify, the iTunes, the merch link. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're wearing them today. My spirit animal looks identical to me. Forrest has the tank top on. Pat was told many days ago it's to wear the merch and the reminded laundry. today still chose pat let's see what shirt you have on it's just a stand shirt. up mate no i'm not stand standing up. up it's just a shirt i i mine's in the laundry because i now wear take it, it so off. often cuz shut it your mouth great. and take your shirt off <laughs> okay so anyways pat decided not to wear the merch brosners you're better than pat be yes. better than pat be better grab a shirt support us support the show we'll keep doing it uh, in-person ones, I mean, we're going to try next we're, week. We're saying, unless... we're saying for the one-year anniversary, we're going to try for yep. next week all in the same room. Next week. The video we're, might be we're, we're utter fun. trash, but the audio is going to be great. We're going to have fun, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. And vote on the Battle Royale that I won and your favorite ice cream, which I also won. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs>